got a Bible, uh, turn to Mark chapter 2. As John said, we are working this summer through a series called When Jesus Met. And we're working through section by section of Mark's gospel, seeing people Jesus met. And as we do that, Jesus walks off the pages and will meet us, just like he's already been doing this morning. So Mark chapter 2, and we'll start reading at verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. While Jesus, uh, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The sun rises on another day in Capernaum. And... It's not just another day, because Jesus is back in town. They're by the lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, a big lake, a fishing village on the coast. And Jesus has been here before. Uh, you can read it back in chapter 1. He's been there healing people who have had migraines since they were born, people whose lives were tangled in dark forces. And he'd been away, but now he's come back, and the crowds are back they want to see more miracles. They want to hear more teaching. Everywhere Jesus grows, goes, he draws crowds. His teaching has weight. The words he says, the things he comes up with, just seem to ring true. And people are astonished. He doesn't teach like the other teachers of the law. This man knows what he's talking about. His message, you can read it back in chapter 1, verse 22, is that God's kingdom is near. God's kingdom is at hand. The time is now. Repent and believe the good news. God's kingdom is arriving. And his healing, well, that's turning heads too. So many lives transformed by this man. Cripples walking again, blind seeing again. Some people are starting to believe that maybe, just maybe, this man really is bringing heaven to earth. Maybe, just maybe, this man really is acting with divine authority, bringing God's kingdom. But controversy is starting to stir as well. You see, previously, when he's been back in Capernaum, he's healed a guy who was paralysed. Now, this raised some eyebrows, not only because his friends decided to take him up on the roof, pull the roof apart, and lower him in, because the crowds were so packed that they couldn't get to Jesus. But then Jesus came up with the line, son, your sins are forgiven. Oh, well, only God can forgive sins. Who does this guy think he is? And more controversy was coming today. Levi is sat in his tax booth. The crowds are down by the lake, listening, intent on Jesus' teaching, hoping they'll see another miraculous healing. And Levi, well, it's just another day. He wonders, 
Is he stuck? Is his life now defined by the choices that he's made in the past? Does he have something wrong with him? Does he, does, is it too late to change? If you've ever felt like that, you'll know what Levi felt like. To the outside world, he was successful, he was rich. But inside, there was something missing. He saw the crowd approaching closer. Jesus was coming up, and the crowd with him. Oh, I wonder what they were doing in town. The crowd comes closer and closer. Jesus is walking past his tax booth and then stops. No, Jesus turns to him. Oh, Levi feels self-conscious. What, what's this guy doing? And Jesus looks at him and says, follow me. The crowd gasps. A hush falls over everyone. Me, thinks Levi. Is this guy really calling me? What would he want to do with me? Why? And that's a fair question. You see, it makes complete sense that everyone would want to connect with Jesus. But it makes no sense that Jesus would want to connect with Levi. You see, Levi was a tax collector. Now, tax collectors in first century Israel, they would work for the local government, and Israel was split into four different territories, and so when goods were brought into that territory, there would be a tax on them. And Capernaum was the first important town that you got to. And so they would give the job of collecting the tax to a local Jew who would go out and work. But in their, the eyes of the other Jews, this guy was a traitor, because he worked for the Roman government. The Romans were a, a force that had come in and taken control of the country by force. Levi was working for the enemy. And actually, not only did he work for the enemy, but they also decided it would be a good idea to pay these tax collectors on commission. Well, now, which motivates him to go and collect the taxes, but then they also decided that it was okay to let him charge what he wanted. So he charges what he wants, and he gets a percentage. It's a good job to be in if you want the latest iPhone. It's a good job to be in if you want a big house. It's a good job to be in if you want the latest Model T horse. <laughs> Levi was loaded, but Levi was hated. Now, I was looking up uh, jobs that are hated today, and fairly consistently, top of the list was traffic warden. So you can think of Levi as a first century traffic warden, but he's working for an enemy government, he's a traitor, uh, he gets paid commission, and he can charge what he wants. You can imagine prowling around the streets of, of, of the Capernaum. That donkey? Parked on a double yellow, mate. Oh, come on, I'm, I'm barely out of the space. Come on, sorry, that attitude carries on, I'm doubling you fine. You couldn't mess with this guy because he had the power of the state behind him. In fact, tax collectors were so hated that they weren't allowed to be witnesses in court. They were a shame to their family. They were kicked out of the synagogue. If your uncle was a tax collector and sent you a fiver and a birthday card, you couldn't accept it because it's considered stolen money. In fact, the Jewish Mishnah, which was a religious document teaching of the time, listed tax collectors next to thieves and murderers. In the eyes of people, tax collector was not a job, it was a criminal lifestyle. 
And so Levi's sitting there thinking, Jesus wants me to follow him? Jesus looks at Levi and says, follow me. And then the next thing you know, Levi is at his house and he's having a party and all his tax collector mates are there. And the sinners. These are the people that society consider the outcasts. These are the ones who mothers kept their children away from. The people who were a danger to public, who were known for being violent. Women from the red light district. People that most people avoided. Yet here was Levi having a party with them, and there was Jesus having a party too. Why would Jesus do that? This makes no sense. And this is intensely countercultural. You see, we, we like the idea of inclusion. But for them, no. For them, it was like a forest supporter, a season ticket holder, putting on the ram's kit and sitting in their terrace. This is like World War II Jews sitting down and hanging out with those who rang the concentration camps. This is shocking. Why does Jesus want people like that to follow him? And so some Pharisees come, they're religious teachers of the day, and they, they ask him, verse 16, they saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, and they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus explains. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came for those who know they're sick. Jesus is the healer, so he needs to hang out with people who are sick. Jesus is the savior, so he needs to hang out with people who are sinners. Levi is not a one-off. This party full of unlikely characters is not a one-off. This is the heartbeat of Jesus' mission. Jesus came for those who know they're sick. And that is good news for us. Because Jesus calls us to follow him. And that's a risky, costly thing. Levi had to leave his tax booth. Fishermen could return to their nets. Levi wouldn't be able to return to his job when he left. Following Jesus doesn't just change what you think or believe. It changes the whole way you live. Jesus calls you to follow him. And it's personal. Levi has Jesus come into his house. If you follow Jesus, you can't keep him at arm's distance. He will come into your house. He will go into every room. He might rearrange the furniture. He might even knock down a wall or two. If you follow Jesus... Every part of your life will be touched by him. His weighty words in every part of your life. His healing touch in every part of your life. A daily decision to let him shape your life in every part. Every day saying no to your way and yes to his way. Because he wants you to be a part of God's kingdom. He wants you to be a taste of heaven on earth. 
He wants you. He wants every part of you. He wants your whole life. He wants every part of your whole life. Jesus wants you to follow him. And Jesus came for those who are sick, which has wonderful implications. And it has implications if you're not yet a Christian and you're just going to take your first step in following him and becoming a Christian. Or if you are a Christian and have been one for years and you're taking your thousandth step in following him, Jesus came for those who are sick. So when you feel like you've missed your chance, when you feel like the decisions you've made in the past impact today, the things you've done mark your record, that who you are today is determined by who you were yesterday, the things you haven't done, the opportunities you've missed, the lost days, the lost years, it's not too late because Jesus came for those who are sick. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants. If you ever feel like you're stuck, twisted in a a knot of negative thoughts, destructive patterns, the bad habits that no one knows about, the bad habits that everyone knows about, thousands of times you've broken the promise, I'll never do that again. Too many times when you've spent money on that, when you've deleted your browser history, when you've lashed out, you feel like you're constantly emitting that sin to God, when you feel like you're constantly going back to him with the same thing. Remember, you are exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus came for because Jesus came for those who know their sin. If you ever feel damaged, maybe you feel like you were born into the wrong family and the way that they've treated you has just scarred you for life. Maybe you feel like you were born into the wrong body and that's constantly fighting against you. Maybe something horrific's happened to you, that thing that you wish you could forget, that thing you can never forget. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus came for. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants because Jesus came for the sick. If you ever feel like you're causing too much damage, your failure to act, those cutting words, that time you exploded, the people around you who are hurt because of you, your children, your parents, your brothers and sisters, your spouse, your ex, remember, Jesus came for those who are sick. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants. If you ever feel like you're faking it, like you're a fraud, the shame that slowly slowly pulls you down from inside, that if people really knew the real you, they would be shocked or maybe even not want anything to do with you, Remember, you are exactly the kind of person that Jesus came for. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus wants because Jesus came for the sick. Whenever you feel like the walking wounded, whenever you feel the sickness of your human heart pulling you down, 
criticizing you, saying you're not worth it, saying you can't do it, saying you're stuck, saying you can't go on, remind yourself, Jesus came for people exactly like me. Jesus won't leave you as you are, but he will take you as you are. He knows exactly what you're like, and he still wants you. And you know, that means that we can be real. Let's go back to the Pharisees. Verse 16. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, it wasn't just curiosity. See, these guys were teaching about God's kingdom. They thought that they would know what it looks like when it comes, and suddenly Jesus is here. He's claiming to bring the kingdom, but he's associating with all these unlikely characters. It wasn't just curiosity. There was a tone of accusation in their voices because they thought they were healthy. They thought they were righteous. They thought that they were the kind of people that Jesus would want to associate with. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, you might know that the Pharisees tend to come out in a bad light. So they come on the stage, and if it was a panto, that's when you boo. (laughs) But actually, they were seen as the good guys. They were the committed ones. They'd memorized huge chunks of the Torah, the Old Testament, their Bible. They used to meet in small groups to eat and talk together, home groups. They were highly devoted. They were serious about following God. If you wanted to know something about God, you would go to them because their lives all over looked like they should. And actually, their instinct for separation from everything that was wrong and cruel and ugly, that's a good instinct because God is a pure God. And so they wanted their lives to be pure as well. But they were looking at their outside actions and thinking that that meant that they were healthy. They had forgotten that human sickness goes deep into our hearts. The human condition is a heart deeply sick with selfishness and pride and anger and lust. And so they said to Jesus, what, why, why are you eating with them? You know what, when I read this story, I tend to think of myself as Levi. Not the tax collectors, the, not the Pharisees who look at the tax collectors and sinners and go, oh, I'm so thankful I'm not like them. Yeah, I read the story and say, I'm so glad I'm not like those Pharisees. Because there's a little bit of Pharisee inside us all. And if you think you're not like a Pharisee, well, then that just proves you are. We all find it hard to admit we're sick. You know, a lot of the time I feel like a hypocrite. I've been a Christian for a long time, yet so much of my life doesn't seem to measure up to how it should. I'm not as committed as I should. I go days without praying. I lose my temper. I feel like a fraud. And I'm scared to admit it because I'm scared of who I am deep down inside. I'm scared of my sickness. Yet if I really believed that Jesus came for those who know they're sick, it means I don't have to pretend I'm healthy. 
I don't have to be scared of my sickness because my sickness is real, but Jesus is real too. I can admit my sickness because Jesus is the healer. I can admit my sin because Jesus is the savior. And when I do, everything changes. Because Jesus, when he died on the cross, he absorbed the sickness of the human condition. And by his wounds, I am healed. And then he came back to life. He went up to heaven and he poured out the same spirit that rose him from the dead onto his church. We have been given resurrection power to live transformed lives. Which means I don't need to be scared of the old me because the old me is dead, gone, and buried. And the new me has been resurrected to life. The new me can walk in the power of the spirit that Jesus gives me. And the new me is being healed and transformed day by day by Jesus the healer. His weighty words now touch every part of my life. His healing touch goes deep into every part of me that I used to be scared of. He gives me power to walk in the reality of God's kingdom. He gives me the power to be a taste of heaven and earth by his spirit who lives in me. And you know what? If we live this reality, then we will be a miraculous community. Because we won't be a community that has to pretend that we're healthy. We'll be free to admit that we're sick. We will be an honest, authentic community. You know, church isn't a gym where we work hard to make ourselves look good. Church is a hospital where Jesus is making us good. If someone's in good shape, it's because Jesus has done his job. So we've got a choice. Will we be a community that pretends we're healthy? Or will we be a community that lives in the power of the Spirit as Jesus heals us? Will we be a community that hides and twists the truth from each other to make ourselves look good? Or will we live in the power of the Spirit with real relationships, admitting our faults and not judging each other for them? Will we be a community that is jealous and insecure when others are doing really well? Or will we live in the power of the Spirit and be a community that celebrates what God is doing in other people's life? Will we be a community that is defensive about criticism? Or will we be a community that takes it as an opportunity to grow more like Jesus? Will we be a community who looks down on others when they fail? Or will we be a community walking in the power of the Spirit who gets alongside others and shares their burdens? Will we be a community that's puffed up by our success? Or will we be a community that flows with gratitude saying, it's not me, it's Jesus. It's not us, it's Jesus. Will we be a community that excludes others who we don't judge as good as ourselves? Or will we be a community that reflects Jesus, that acts as his body here on earth, that welcomes those who desperately need Jesus just as much as we desperately need Jesus? We have a choice. Will we be a community 
that pretends we're healthy? Or will we be a community that admits we're sick, runs to Jesus, and then lives in the power of the Spirit as he heals us? Jesus calls you to follow him. It's costly. It's personal. He will come into every part of your life. It can be scary as the sickness is revealed in our lives. But we don't need to be scared because Jesus is the healer.